Hey, Craig. Hey, Jeff. I still didn't make a song. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, you know what? I've come to the realization. You know what's funny? I'm laughing right now. It's a genuine laugh too, and we just talked about this. So it's like, I'm like, I don't know. It just struck me as so, funny again. So the the. I, I've, I've, I've come to this realization that I'm just not going to do it because <laughs> I'm not good at it and I don't want to learn. Um, and I'm kind of tone deaf, so I'm not very good at making music. Uh, but what I'm going to say is if you, the listener, want to submit a theme song, uh, we yeah. will happily welcome it. And I will free reign, whatever you want to do. Um, we'd love if you uh, put in like the phrase like we don't care uh would be great um and whatever you know whatever you like from the show or hate from the show whatever um if if you want to make a song uh let us know um um or just send it to us i don't care uh podcast podcast vs everyone at uh gmail.com or you know you know you can hit us up on twitter um, at the Craig Powers or at Pod VS Everyone. Um, just if you if you have any ideas or if you want to uh, just like put you know something just like you know not too long. Um, uh, but just if if you want to do it, maybe we got some creative listeners. I'll probably figure out some way to to compensate you. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you like beer. I'm, but that I, but I just came, yeah. But I just came up with this, so I don't really know. And uh, <laughs> and we we and, and the downloads haven't been great so far. So tell your friends. Yeah, and we'll have more cash to spend on on the. Yeah, song. well, you know, maybe maybe all the people who subscribed on Spotify, hopefully we're we're getting them sorted out because I Spotify like Spotify and Stitcher I, and. Well, it's no joke. Like like I watch our downloads drop off, and it was like, man, our downloads have really dropped off, and then it was like. Oh wait! Like Spotify, the one of the Spotify feeds. Apparently, there's two Spotify feeds. One of the Spotify feeds stopped updating. Like, I don't know, six, seven episodes ago, <laughs> like in December, stopped up yeah. updating, and it was yeah. Like, we got emails. They're like, "Hey, um, are you guys making?" Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many like, people yeah. that was screwing up, but I have a feeling yeah, but, it might have been more than a few. So, um, so yeah, tell a friend. Like, if you have a friend you know that listens like Stitcher. Or- or like uh spotify or one of anything that's not itunes itunes seems to be fine everything else seems to be gotten screwed up um and they have complained to you about no new episodes that's why just tell them you have to go find the other feed and that one had there's two feeds because we you know we merged with uh the kook center hour and uh that just all hell broke loose i don't know if you notice that we have three different itunes feeds it's bananas but (laughs) Um, it's definitely not the ideal setup no uh so sorry um we've tried to get it fixed uh but it's not getting fixed um yeah but anyway so yeah that's we have a lot of uh uh admin stuff up top but this is podcast versus everyone episode yes it one, is 113 oh. good god um remember when we started this thing and we were like <laughs> i'll bet we last like five minutes <laughs> yes <laughs> 113, uh, 113 man episodes that is so much time listening it to is. us so i'm i'm craig powers with me is jeff newser hello uh, that's me um thank you for saying through admin talk um yeah so let's let's dig into basketball again which Do we have uh, to? A, a weekend that just started out so great and just ended so yeah. shitty 
Um, let's look so, back so at shitty. let's look back at the happy part. Uh, WSU um, on the on the back of Isaac Bonton and, and some good defense um, upset UCLA uh, for the second straight year in Pullman. That was a blast. That was fun. Really beat the shit out of them and and just kind of gave it back a little bit at the end. But it never yep. really was close yep. um, at the end. Uh, it felt like it, they were, you know, going to blow it. I know um, anybody who follows you on Twitter, <laughs> like, so you took so you took the little, uh, you took the Ken Palm, you know, win probability graph, and like compared it to how we were actually feeling in the moment, and uh, I thought it was very accurate. Actually, like it was just like UCLA. Basically, it represented that UCLA was going to win right up until the last second. When yeah. okay, fine, we're finally going to win. And I mean, okay, I put there's out there's three seconds left. We yeah, yeah. My way. Like I tweeted, I never got within seven. We had it the whole way. <laughs> like it definitely <laughs> did not feel Didn't like feel that. that way. It was yeah, never think, less than a three-possession game, though. Yeah, I think UCLA at one point got a steal down seven, and I think Jaime Jaquez had a three-pointer wide open three in the corner. Yeah. And I think I said, right, he missed it, and I was like, if he would have hit that, we were definitely going to lose. Like, <laughs> if, if that went down, I think there was still over two minutes left at that point. It's like, oh, my God, yep. we were definitely going to lose if he didn't hit that. Um, but, yeah, so that was great. Um, Bonton, again, just – electric um yeah. he started out really slowly and then just turned it on i think there was probably about a 20 minute stretch when he scored most of his points um and just blitzed uh ucla and then of course you know the three-point shooting from um uh jazz and from dj uh was huge and that was and it was great to and i think we saw against a team like UCLA that has played so many wings, you know, that plays such a small lineup to have Ryan Rapp and DJ Rodman back defensively um, was a big deal. Yep. Yeah. It made a huge difference because, you know, UCLA basically plays one big man and then like four dudes who are like six, five to six, seven. And then sometimes, sometimes they play that six, five kid that, that athletic six, five guy can't remember his name, but that athletic six, five kid, like as the five, Right. Um, yep. I've, yep. Let me see. Yeah, his name. Uh, but yeah, he he was like guarding uh, Deshaun Jackson in the post. Um, at, and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Um, but yeah, so it was nice to be able to kind of match them like wing for wing and stuff on defense. And they just weren't as open. And then, of course, they also missed some damn shots, like which was nice. Yeah, that was uh, nice. <laughs> Not shooting 70%. Uh, from all over was, the floor was was J- definitely a nice difference. So Jalen Clark six five one ninety five was playing center for Spurts in that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they, I mean, they were real, 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 real thin up front. Uh, you know, Hill didn't play. Uh, Riley was in foul trouble like the entire night. He fouled out in ten minutes. Ten damn minutes he fouled out. Um, yeah, so they Noah. Were, Noah didn't have a great game, but he came out right after halftime, and they they drew up a play. For him to slot the same play they ran twice where he was getting a, a back cut basically. Yep. And the um and that put him on Riley and he was able to draw two quick fouls on Riley, put him at four fouls like right away in the second yep. half. So like he went from two to four like immediately. Yep. And, that and was his great. his fifth foul ended up being an extremely stupid foul too. Um 
And so like, I think, didn't he try to like step in and draw a charge or something and was like, like way late or, or something. Yeah. Like that. And it, it, it canceled out an F a dunk, but yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah. ah, that's fine. Yeah, it we'll, worked we'll out take okay. the, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so they, so Mick Cronin was left with, you know, two options. He was either going to play some extremely inexperienced centers. Uh, one, Mac yeah. And one kid is apparently, I didn't know this until the game. And then they told us 14 times, but, um, I think it was Eddie N, uh, was, yeah. was literally graduated from high school in December and yeah. then, and then enrolled and started playing because yep. this year doesn't count for anything. So, you know, he's not burning up a year of eligibility. So they just like he enrolled in <laughs> to January and, and started playing. And so, um, so he played 14, like incredibly ineffective minutes. Uh, you know, he did have some rebounds, but didn't really do much else. And so, so of course Cronin says, all right, well, let's, let's just go hyper small, um, turn up the pressure, press, press, press. And, and then of course that worked. And that was the part where we all started, you know, getting the butt pucker. Like, yeah. Not, that was where what was going to happen. That was where Noah, who had fouled out like on some just not like bullshit, Total bullshit. fouls, his fifth foul, uh, where it was like a rebound and he was behind and didn't even touch the guy. Yeah, um, they called that was his it fifth was foul, and um, yeah, he's just got a reputation, and they're gonna yep. they're gonna call him him and Effa between the two. They were both there. They were gonna call yep. it on one of them. Yep. Um, but, but, but yeah, so he was fouled out not having, you know, your kind of secondary ball handler, uh, you know, having a third ball handler on the floor would have been nice with him and rap and, and no, and then rap yep. just didn't, wasn't ready for that moment. I don't think no. quite yet. <laughs> first, yeah. first moment of the weekend that he wasn't quite ready for. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just, they, you know, young inexperienced team, uh, you know, you don't face a press very often. I mean, you know, Oregon's press was more of more of really a kind of a show me press. Like it's a, it's really just kind of designed to slow you down a little bit, to be honest. It's not really designed to generate turnovers. Um, and so it just, you know, you don't see very often. And, and by the way, you know, when we played Washington in Seattle, the same thing happened in the last you know, yeah. six, seven minutes. Right. You know, yeah. Washington's like, all right, well, geez, we're down by 20. Let's turn it up. And then we, we sort of fell apart for a little while. Um, you know, that one obviously was a little bit different, partly because what you said, you know, we had Noah, um, we had Noah in that game. He, you know, he had some nice finishes there down the stretch and everything turned out fine. Once we kind of tweaked a couple things, um, this one without another ball handler, I mean, we're already sort of low on ball handlers to begin with. And so, you know, it, it showed up, uh, but you know, like you said, they missed, they missed a shot at a critical moment. You know, we, uh, end up kind of, you know, making the free throw line March and, and everything, everything turns out a okay. So, uh, always good when you can beat UCLA. I think you pointed out that, uh, Kyle Smith now has about, uh, what'd you percent. say about 10 and a half percent, 10% of our, of our wins all time. 10 and a half, <laughs> against 10 and UCLA. a half percent of the wins. Cause we've had so few of them. Two of the years. 19, two of yeah. the 19 wins. Yeah. So, um, could have been, could have been even more like there was, there was, you know, the third game last year, we very lost in overtime, very easily could have won that one. So yeah, the Jeff man, Pollard had, three point barrage game. Yeah. He could have had three, could have had three, but at any rate, yeah, it's super awesome win. I mean, anytime you beat UCLA is great. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's never going to be quite a fair fight with them because they're always going to, they're always going to be loaded. And, and, and to be honest, I think Cronin is, you know, he's doing a hell of a job down there already. 
Um, yeah, just you know, in how their defense has improved. Yes, and when their defense, even over the, when their yeah. defense really comes around to what he preaches, um, they're going to be scary because they'll they'll have the offense intact and the defense will be you know a top fifty defense and and then they'll be they'll be really good. I know everybody was underwhelmed by by his hire. Um, I think you and I probably were pretty underwhelmed by it too. Uh, yeah. but I, I think you can see like kind of seeing him up close now. Um, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good coach and he gets a lot out of his players and they really buy in, they play hard for him. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be a good team for some time and that's, and that's better for the conference. So, uh, any, any win you can get against UCLA feels great. Cause I, I certainly remember, um, I, I, I'm not sure if we ever beat UCLA when I was in school, but I don't think we did. Um, yeah. And, uh, so t- Tony, the, the, you know the senior class with uh, uh, Weaver and Lowe and Cal Gildem, They never beat UCLA. They beat yep. Taylor Rochester and Baines beat UCLA the next year in Poly, yep. which was an even rarer occurrence. But and those UCLA um, teams were really, really good in those. Well, I mean, like a lot of the teams that they played the yeah. Bennett years. But um, you know, I remember they had Collison, and you know, they just that 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 one year in two thousand eight. It was just like. You know, we well, gave had, it everything they had we Kevin had. Love that yeah. year, and you could but, just yeah. see the athletic difference. That that was a game where the athletic difference really made, really really was the difference. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, always cool, always cool, man. Especially when uh, when you're not completely outgunned, playing against them, and so um, and it, it was nice that you know Tiger Campbell uh, kind of stopped trying to do much, which was sort of weird. Um, yeah. Like he was kind of getting everything he wanted for a while. And then just kind of stopped doing that. So I was very grateful for that, that he that he stopped probing the lane. And maybe it was because he, he was afraid of going to the free throw line. I don't know. Like his free, his free throws were were kind of an adventure. Um, but yeah. he scored 17 points on nine shots. I mean, that's that's a pretty good day. Um, it kind of makes you think maybe there was a little more meat left on the bone there. But at yeah. any rate, uh, you know. But yeah, good, so that was good. Yeah. And then, I mean – Combined with the loss and then the extra loss uh, on on Saturday, that that game could not have gone any worse. Um, I mean, we figured we were going to lose against USC, and truthfully, they put up more of a fight uh, than I even expected. And again, they got points inside against USC again. Yeah, um, they played they played really good defense. Um, uh, I know Mobley, Evan Mobley looked like he had a huge game, but they made him work for those points more than yep. anyone else has made him work for points. Yep. Um, yep. It was really just uh, the, the the point guard, Taj Eady, just going absolutely bonkers that won USC that game. Um, and then, of course, the struggle, you know, USC's defense is so good, um, which was that's what's so more impressive about Deshaun Jackson's, you know, 18 points that he had and. Um, just kind of manhand was really abusing Evan Mobley in the post for like a solid like five minutes, um, yeah. which was really impressive. Yeah. Um, considering Evan Mobley is going to be a you know possibly number one pick in the draft this year. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I I don't know what else to say. Like I, I was impressed. <laughs> well, how about the, I, how about this? Taj ED has scored twenty plus points twice this year. No, wait, excuse me, three, <laughs> three, no, twice. Yeah, it is twice, twice this year. Both times against us. Like, (laughs) 
What I mean, what do you do? Like he was just I, I mean, Tajidi is a grad transfer from Santa Clara who last year had an offensive rating of 96 at Santa Clara. <laughs> yeah. And it's 118 now. And in conference it's 122. Like what the fuck? Like where did this mm, it's so annoying. Makes every teardrop shot that he shoots, every yeah. pull-up 15-footer, you know, everything. So irritating. So uh, irritating. Yeah. I don't know how he got good, him, but yeah. good for him. But man, it's really no irritating. no one else had a huge like a, a great game. Like obviously Evan Mobley got his, but again, like we said, it took him. You know, he got twenty points on thirteen shots, sure, but he also had three turnovers. Yep. His offensive rating for the game was only one hundred two, and he's usually yep. about one twenty yep. running. So, yep. um, I you you got to be happy with what you did with him. Obviously, he was superlative defensively, but they also like, I I mean. Deshaun Jackson was eight of twelve, being largely guarded by both Mobley, but they actually had to switch Evan Mobley off of him and yeah. put his his thicker brother on him, um, which was pretty funny. Yeah, because uh, they were getting him. In, there was a risk of him getting in foul trouble, and they 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 obviously needed him because he kind of carried them for a five minute stretch, like j- to kind of put the game away. Um, but yeah, it was a real bummer. You know, they had their their trademark scoring drought, and then when the game is over uh you already have isaac bonton roll his ankle once and then going you know making a play for uh an inbounds pass that really wouldn't have mattered if they got stolen or anything nope. uh, bonton gets you know collides with someone and then that knocks him off balance and he rolls his ankle really much more severely and they have to carry him off and obviously uh it's at least bad enough to keep him out for yeah. uh one game yeah it looked real real bad like i don't know it was funny you know after the game kyle smith was like well you know he's he's tough and will and it was just like really like he basically had to be carried off the floor <laughs> like i can't i can't possibly imagine that he's gonna play on on monday and of course he didn't and, and that was a huge problem but yeah you know it's USC the three point shooting. I guess we ought to mention that. Like, if we we could have just hit a very normal amount of three pointers, we could have won that game. Yeah. But uh, uh, I will say a lot, especially of after pretty shooting pretty okay. Things. You know, obviously against U- UCLA, like better yeah. than pretty okay. Um, just you know, and part of that is U- USC as well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they're long and they get after it on defense, and they they really kind of there were a lot of tough three pointers. Yes, you sure. know, they they really force you. They they make it so hard to get inside that that they kind of force you to uh, you know take some threes that maybe are a little more contested than what you normally would would settle for. Um, so you know that that part of it, I, I don't know. Like I don't walk away from it going, you know, I don't know, man. If we had hit, you know whatever but i also think you know three of 25 is like you might expect that maybe you hit like two or three more <laughs> you know yeah if you hit two or three more somewhere along the way all of a sudden you know you're in you're you're right in it in the last you know five minutes i mean we were only down two with five minutes to go so yeah. you know if you hit after just, they hit a couple a, threes or, yeah, yeah and if you hit maybe just a couple more somewhere along the way you know you've got a lead Heading into it, instead, the you know the final margin maybe isn't quite representative of of how competitive the game was, and then of course you know Isaac Bonton being carried off the floor, like literally carried off the floor because uh, he cannot walk on his ankles. Um, yeah, that was shitty. That was super and then, shitty. 
And then we got Monday comes along. Third uh, game in five days. Fuck. For both teams, I'll say. Um, we get the bad news that Bonton's going to play. We get the good news that Quade Green isn't going to play for UW, which makes the ultimate result all the more frustrating. Yeah, well, maybe it um, wasn't good news, man, because whatever Sahonas did is probably a lot more efficient than whatever Green would have done. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, man, that's just a frustrating fucking game, man. Because, uh, you know, they they came out completely lost. Yep. Um, Rap and, and Williams especially were struggling. Um, you know, they were your primary ball, ball handlers, and they really didn't um, – they didn't start well. You know, it was kind of a turnover fest. Uh, for the entire first half I mean they, they started hitting some shots and so they made it competitive again but they got down by you know I think 12 like right away and then they came back and then UW pushed out again and then uh, it was kind of a little more uh, back in you know UW would push out a couple times and WAC would pull close but 13 turnovers in the first half that's bad they had 13 turnovers in the entire game against USC yeah 13 turnovers in the first half. I know we know the final turnover percentage, but that must have been close to like 40%. Um, in the first half? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not, well, I mean, if okay, so if you're – let's see. If your total number of possessions was 65, uh, yeah, usually there are than... more possessions in the second half than the first half, at least a couple more. So let's say first half's what, like 30-ish possessions? Yeah, that would be 43%. <laughs> that sounds about right. That yeah, that's about almost forty-three percent of your possessions. You're turning the ball over. Zero, zero point zero chance of points. Zero, zero, zero. Like so, even uh, though they were shooting like not, they weren't even shooting that well. You know, like they were shooting decently well. Um, but well, they were they uh, were successful on twos. You know, Deshaun Jackson had a good first half. He scored eleven yeah. in the first half. Um, everybody else struggled, but you know it was good enough. And it's not like Washington was, you know, Sahonis helped them finish strong there in the first half but you know overall they weren't lighting the world on fire and well you you enter like you realize like you realize partway through the game you're like oh yeah washington isn't good like right. espe- like especially with other point guard like we're with that like they're just they're struggling like we are they just have and i said to you i think i said in the slack chat early in the game it's like i'm really terrified that sahonis gets hot because we do not have the equivalent player that right. could do that. Like we right. don't have a guy that's going to go off like that. Like right. Noah is not the type of player that's going to go off like Sahonis can. We just don't have that like a microwave player. And, and he did, he, 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 he kept it going in the second half and, and he kind of kept them afloat for much of the game. I, Stevenson also had a good game too, um, which is really like between those two guys, Normally it'll be Bonton on, like if, if Bonton was playing Bonton on one and, and no on the other and you think you're good defensively, but really the guards just got abused. Like it, yeah. it, yeah. it, it, it but cause it, the inside they like, it, like Roberts was a, a, like ineffective. 
Uh, Bay didn't do that much. Although they, they don't really have anyone else that goes inside that much outside of Roberts. Um, Riley Soren played for two minutes yeah. and just looked completely out. Two minutes, and they took two fouls, out. and it was obvious I really he was wished, not going to be able to play in this game. Really wish they would have played him more. That would yeah. have been nice. That those well, like thir- yeah. he logged 13 minutes in the first matchup. Would have been great if he could have logged 13 <laughs> in this one. Hopkins saw the same thing we all saw, which was, and I mean, which was that he, uh, he he was completely overmatched and had no prayer uh, against uh, against our big men, particularly Deshaun Jackson. You know, this is the thing with Washington, and and you know, I I don't know that you know. I, mean, I guess you know our fans probably don't like hearing this sort of thing, but it's like, look, Washington has talent, and yeah. that's like that. By the way, that's part of what helps us or causes us to to like laugh so hard when they suck. Right. Which is you're going, OK, you've got all these four star recruits. Like, what's your fucking problem? Like, like, ha ha ha. You you are losing all these games with guys who sh- are supposed to be able to play. Um, Sohonis is a former four star kid. Um, Jamal Bay is a guy who's a Pac-12 player of the week this year. Right. Because he had such a good weekend against uh, Colorado. Or, yeah. Colorado and Utah. Right. Cole Bajima. You know, former four-star kid. Like this is not the first time Sahonis has went nuts like that. No, but it's the first no, it's time not. where he was uh, where he got to play thirty-eight minutes and he was the guy. Yeah, like I. Okay, so I don't watch Washington that closely. Maybe you've seen him more than I have. I don't know. I'm like looking through Sahonis's like game log, and I'm looking at his efficiency, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking, how is he? it? Yeah, how's he only playing sixteen, fifteen, twenty minutes a night? Like yeah, it's. And it's, especially it's just weird the, the way he's he just like he very like he very easily embraced like the go to guy role. And oh, yeah. like you can tell because of the way his his usage, he's a guy that comes off the bench and shoots a lot. So you knew that he was going to shoot a lot. And what the fear was, was that he was going to shoot like this. Yeah. And he went 13 of 20 for 29 points. Didn't even need to take a free throw. Yeah. He's only played he's only played forty percent, a little less than forty percent of, of the available minutes this year. And he's only missed three games. So and he's like only missed he... three games. Right? And so I'm looking at his minutes and I'm going, okay, he played twenty three minutes against UCLA. 14 this is the against... first time he's played more than only the second time he's played more than thirty minutes. Yeah, he's only so, played yeah. more than thirty minutes twice. And he's only started two games. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at his offensive ratings and I'm seeing you know, usage when he's on the floor, I'm seeing usage percentages hovering around 30%. Like, which and, is Bonton level. Yeah, which stuff. is like go to guy level usage. And his offensive rating, okay, going back the last however many games, 131 against us. Now, remember, so for our listeners who, again, are kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, offensive rating is, is an efficiency measure, right? Uh, if you are using 30% possessions, that's like a go to guy. If you're over 100 at that point, that's good, right? And so, like, if you start getting, like, 105, 110, well, uh, 115 at those levels, that's uh, really, really good. Especially a guy that gets – he doesn't uh, dish out many assists, so he doesn't get much efficiency from others scoring. Right. It's like, it's his all his shooting. Scoring. Okay, so he had a 131 offensive rating against us, right? And he doesn't <laughs> shoot many free throws. Yeah. No. And he had so twenty nine points on twenty shots, right? Uh, previous game against UCLA, twenty two points in twenty three minutes, offensive rating of one eighteen. Uh, bad game against USC, Oregon, 
uh, 15 points in 22 minutes for an offensive rating of 132. 22 points in 25 minutes against Oregon State for an offensive rating of 114. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, how is this guy not playing 30-plus minutes? He's got it. Like, after what he did against WSU in the 38 minutes. Like, is he injured? How, I don't. I like, don't know how Hopkins can keep him off the floor. Yeah, I mean, does he have an injury problem? Like, I mean, against Colorado, he had 27 points in 26 minutes. Well, that's like you said, like your point, like if if Quade Green would have played and Sahonis played 15 yeah. minutes. If Quade Green takes some of those shots instead of Sahonis, uh, we probably win that game. Yeah, the 32% three-point shooter. Right. The, you know, the 45% two-point shooter versus the 49% two-point shooter and the 48% yep. three-point shooter. Yep. If he takes yeah. some shots away, we probably win that game. And I don't know what else nuts. to say. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, Washington's yeah, but got the, these guys. They got these guys who can go nuts, and you're just, like, hoping that none of them do. And, you know, one of them did. And, to, you know, you mentioned that our guards kind of got overrun. I mean, look, they, they fucking got overrun by Sohonis. I mean, the very last possession of the game. And Stevenson, really. And Stevenson. Very last possession of the game. I mean, let's just say it. Noah got killed. Yeah. Right? Like, like Noah I mean, got killed on a little crossover, and that was it. Yeah, you know? good on Noah. for he, he was really kind of the guy at the end that brought them back. Yep. Um, but. Yep, getting free I mean, throws, along, making hustle along plays. With Jazz, you know, yep. Jazz Koontz, who kept a minute. Yep. And Deshaun Jackson as well. But. Yep. But. Yeah, Noah just, you know, he got the assignment and he let he let uh he let Sonis get by him. Like Yep. And we were easily. zoning we were zoning because we couldn't stop him. Yeah. You know, we couldn't contain his penetration, we couldn't stop him. Um, you know, Noah couldn't and stop him. Really Rap couldn't a stop guy, him. It's not a guy that typically attacks the basket that much. Um, he really likes that stop in the key and well, you know, the, the, his game winning shot. You know? Let's put it this way. Uh, here were his previous, uh, I don't know, however many games on two point attempts. Uh, UCLA six, USC three, Oregon four, Oregon State nine, Washington State four, Utah three, Colorado seven, UCLA four, Cal two. OK, so that's how many two point attempts he had in all of those games. Uh, he had 17 last night two-point attempts like that was the same as his total from the previous four-ish games combined combined yeah the guard it it's just the 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 and and rap is part of it too um and just like the like you know i I mean miles warren's a walk-on for a reason like it's it's just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna drag a kid that's a walk on. Yes. Like he yep. shouldn't like he shouldn't like a, a Pac-12 program should not be like having to use him. But we're really obviously with the injury to Jefferson Kulabale and then injury to Isaac Bonton. Bonton yep. Where our guard depth is just killed to the point where actually our best stretch was Noah at the one at the one and no other guards on the floor. Yep. Like it was it was it was <laughs> Noah. Let's see. It was Noah, Yakimovsky, Yakimovsky, Kuntz, Kuntz, Rodman, Efe, or Efe, yeah, Rodman and Efe, or or Jackson, or Jackson, one or the other, and that's what they kind of that's what they rolled with for the last ten minutes of the game, and that was their best, because that was their best offensive chance, really, and and uh, 
and then they could just sit in zone and not have to worry about like the one-on-one matchups. Um, but it was, you know, it came out down the end and, you know, you're not playing man-to-man defense the entire game. And then you got to cover a guy man-to-man suddenly at the end. Yep. And yep. it looked like it. And, and they, and they then, just and, and, played it poorly. And <laughs> I would have, I, I kind of, ideally I would have wanted Effa to step up on there. I know you yeah. got to worry about, you got to worry about Roberts down there on the block, but I think Yakimovsky was there to at least bother him a little bit. Maybe you worry about the open three in the corner. I don't know. Like you throw it off, but like you said, it's when Noah get one, as soon as Noah got beat, it was someone over. was going to be open. Yeah, it was over. Uh, so, so someone Noah was getting beat. an open shot. FA gets caught in no man's land. Yakimovsky actually played it great. Like he, as, as FA started to step up, Yakimovsky definitely stepped in front of, uh, you know, Roberts yeah, boxed him out, sealed up. him off. Yeah. Like he, he had that walled off. Now there was three seconds left. So maybe if FA closes out harder, um, you know, steps up to stop that drive, well, it's, it's an easy kick out to Stevenson. I don't know. Or but, maybe Sohonis is not, he's not a natural distributor. Maybe he doesn't try yeah, to do maybe that. Maybe he doesn't, you know, but it's just a lot of what ifs. They yep. should have never been in this fucking situation. No, no, they should. They have. take care of the basketball. They ruined turnovers. themselves in the first half. It, it really was. You know, they only committed six turnovers in the second half. I mean, that's Which perfectly. Is, yeah, if you do that acceptable. every half, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but you know, the first you know you have thirteen in the first half. You have all those empty possessions. Um, you know, that was it. And so, kind of looking forward, going forward, like that's that's the big scary part, right? Like. Um, you know, well, we look- like we said, I know people say that Bonton is careless. He looks like he's careless with the ball, and I get it. I get why you think that when you're watching it. Right. But and and Jeff said it last week, how much he has the ball and how much he shoots and the fact that he runs as a point guard and how much he dish it, how many passes he throws because he actually has a really very high assist rate. Yep. You would you would be fine with him running like a 23%, 25%. Like it would be pretty expected to him run like a 25% turnover rate. And he runs around 17, 18. Yep. And then you That's saw lower like, than the team is turning the ball over on 22% of their possessions. And, and so Bonton's turnover like, percentage is like 18. So that is a net positive. <laughs> like, the, like there's, there's like, there's no other way around that. Like possessions that end with Bonton end up in turnovers 18% of the time. That's 5% better than the rest of the team. Oh, by the way, Andre Yakimovsky had one turnover. Yeah. Do you remember what one that was? Uh, I probably will once you point it out to me. When he got a rebound and got elbowed in the face. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And fell down to the ground because he got elbowed in the face and they called traveling. Because somebody tried to break his nose. No, they didn't try. Like it was incidental, but it was, it was still yeah, a fucking but still, foul. It's still a foul. It's still a and foul. And I know they and I know they can't go to the review and like change it from a travel to a foul. That's not something they can do. They can only call it a flagrant foul. Yeah. And the, and I get it. Like they that should not be called a flagrant foul ever. But the ref should have realized that the guy fell to the ground. It especially happened these refs, right in front of him. Especially these refs that will call fouls that they expect to happen for example a uh, uh, a rap got called for a foul i think it was his fifth foul it was his fifth he was just backing he backed up trying away to stay out of the from way stevenson i want to say <laughs> just backed out of the way didn't touch a guy but they i think they expected him because ref rap hand checks a lot like he a definitely lot. gets called for that a lot. a lot that's why he was in foul trouble but 
He didn't do it that time. He just backed away because he was on four fouls. Ref gave him no benefit of the doubt. Assumed yeah. he was going to hand check and called a foul. Well, how about so the one that, on how about the one on Jackson where he literally, literally just touched the guy on the chest on the dunk attempt, and like like didn't push him, didn't do it like didn't swing at him, didn't do anything. Like literally just kind of set his hand on his chest, like 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 just sort of like lightly touched his chest. Guy missed the dunk. Ref calls the foul. He definitely waited like, for him to miss the dunk to call the foul. It was just fucking insane. So yeah, they uh, all that all that is so 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 frustrating. But to yeah, watch. they really could have taken the ball. But I mean, Noah Williams had. Uh, I ended up only with four turnovers, which is I think those were all yeah, in three, the first ten minutes. Three of them were. Three of them were in the first half. One. Fa in the really. Half. Fa really struggled. Um, yep, his turnovers were a major care of the problem. Ball. I think defensively he was really good and really huge. But, yeah. uh, I, I mean, offensively, Deshaun Jackson is very clearly the best option right now down low. F.A., especially because he hasn't – his three-pointer has left him. He had a huge chance to break that spell, wide open three to tie the game and with, you know, less than 30 seconds left. But he just – his three-pointer is gone – you know, he yeah, he was okay down low, 4-7, but yeah, four turnovers, that's too much. Yeah, the turnovers um, are really the issue because he, you know, he just, it's it's just clear, you know, the more the more he plays, the more you're, and, and look, he's hugely bright future, we love him, all of, all of the stuff that we normally say, um, but it's just, it, like, it's, you still see those parts where he just doesn't have a lot of minutes under his belt, not not just at this level, but like any level. Like you know, they've said, so, if, if you watch any game, they'll, they'll say it over and over again. He'd missed two years in high yeah, school with due inju- to injury. With injuries, yeah. And he's like a product of academies and like all that stuff. And so you just he just is not getting he, – he has never in his life gotten the game reps that like your typical American basketball prospect, even like non-prospect, like AAU. gets, like, right? Like Noah Williams playing for Seattle Rotary played like – hundreds of games a year. I, I would venture know? that Noah Williams has played literally hundreds more games than FA has yeah. in his lifetime, like literally hundreds, you know? And so there's, there's a feel for the game. Same with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Uh, DJ Rodman. Yep. Um, you know, I, it's just, that's the, those guys are just gonna have played a lot more basketball. Yep. And, but and, I mean, at the same time, he just made a few plays in the game where you're like, yeah. no one else. We have no one else that could possibly make that yep. play. Yep. <laughs> like some rebounds and some block shots yep. where you're just like, yep, yeah. that's him. On and the whole, he had I, a good but game. But again, like Deshaun Jackson is just proving to be so good. Like I know I don't want to take – like this isn't – we just lost to the number 168 Kempom team at home, and that's fucking frustrating. Yeah, it sucks. But, but if there's one takeaway – well, two – Jazz Koontz is back, baby. Or maybe Woo! he's here for the first time ever. Um, like, he has had a, yeah, a string your, of good games. Send your thank games. you cards to Ernie Kent. Woo-hoo! Jazz, Jazz, you know, we see guys <laughs> late in their career who were just nothing for a while. Yeah. And you'll see them just kind of click. Yep. And for a lot of times, it's just they start hitting shots. Yeah. And and Jazz, you know, he's going to have a game where he goes 0 for 5, like, at some point, I know. But... It's fun to see him because he just, you know, he's a kid that looks like he really wants to do well. Yeah. He just doesn't always do Absolutely. well. I think his defense has been better. His rebounding has been better. He's just played. He's just played well. He's playing with a lot of confidence. So it's good to see. I was bummed out 
Um, I, I, I'm surprised that Rap only had two turnovers. Honestly, it felt like more. Felt like more. I think. Um, I. Th- <laughs> I, I don't know how many post-feed turnovers we had in the first half, like in the first five minutes, just trying to feed F.A. and Deshaun, just yeah. throwing the ball away. And the most, what I most surprised was like Noah. I'm like, come on, Noah. Like we just talked about hundreds of games, dude. Like it's a, it's a post-feed. Make a fake, then throw the pass. Like we couldn't do that. Like we're just like telegraphing the post-feed to like here you dub. We're throwing it to his right shoulder bounce pass here here it comes and like it's just fake and that's that's just standard yeah. post feed is you fake one way and throw the other but whatever um so yeah that game uh i so watching it i was in my living room noah ties it up jump in the air and then 10 seconds later i literally like crumple to the ground <laughs> like, yeah no I know. No. Uh, Why? Okay, Jeff, we're 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 over time. We okay. are. Two games coming up. Two games coming up this weekend. Let's let's run through them real quick. Okay, so we got Cal. We should beat them, even without Bonton. But we saw the struggles, both defensively and offensively, that we have without Bonton. Yeah. I think they'll have Matt Bradley this time around. So that's yeah. Different. He's been playing. Yep. Yeah, so that we got lucky and did not have to play against Matt Bradley last time. Well, and let's just um, point out Cal's coming off a win over Colorado. Kyle just beat Colorado. A nine who, point win over Colorado. Yeah. Um, how? I, I, I don't know I, I will how. Say just like at, from what Kyle Smith said about Bonton in the uh, in the post game presser, I would not expect him. Like no. I would be surprised if he's ready to go. No, that does not look good. Does he not he look did good. he because he didn't really like because he would have been more positive about it. So yeah, Cal is looking better because they got Bradley. Well, and listen, um, Cal Cal had a before this that win. I, I was just like, how how did they beat Colorado? Well, I mean, they were on a seven game losing streak before that, but in that seven game losing streak, they lost to UCLA by four, Arizona State by four. Uh, here's another, uh, Stanford by six and Utah by one. So four of those games were four points or less. Uh, you know, the others were, were sort of blowouts, but, uh, but you know, I mean, it, so Cal's dangerous, man. Cal's dangerous. Well, and if you we think about guards just, to be a yes, hell of a lot better. That's what's terrifying is Bradley. If, if Sihonis can abuse our guards like that, especially yep. without Bonton on the floor, Bradley can definitely do that. Like I will Bradley say this: is, Bradley's a different kind of player, though, right? Like he's a he's a bully. He's a six four two twenty guard. Like he will bully yeah. his way into the lane. He gets to the free throw line where he's absolutely deadly. Um, that's his. I mean, game. he's a that's good a shooter different game than floor, Sahonis. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll I, see. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, him driving, trying to get to the basket against our bigs, we can kind of divert some of his effectiveness. I, I. It's. It's still though. What scares me is like I said, I was worried. Like. Sahonis is a guy that can get hot and bury and like all it would all it takes is one guy to get hot in a game like this where both teams are going to struggle to score and then that that tilts the balance and that's the same thing in a game although um like Cal's not good defense like they're I don't know that Cal is better than you dub though I it's just it's scary dude like yeah yeah it's because I don't know what like like let's say Cal is one thirty six on Kempom. We're one thirteen right now. 
I would say we're probably with Bonton more like 100 or even a little higher. Um, without Bonton, what are we? More like 150, 160, 170? Maybe. Like I, um, like I mean, it's it, a toss up you, for sure. This game is this game's a toss up without Bonton. Yeah, even like, like yeah, because right now, like Kempom, because these predictions don't factor in you know, the injury other than like the three games that Bontem misses, um, which two of them were pretty bad. Um, uh, it has WSU is 65% probability to win. I, yeah, I, it's a toss up to me what WSU needs to do. Well, um, you know, I, they, they need to dominate the, the defensive glass. Uh, they need to uh, make life tough for Bradley because he's going to take the bulk of the shots. Yep. Like he he takes thir- he's 14th in the country, takes 34% of the shots when he's on the floor. And we didn't have to deal with him last time. Yep. Um yeah, so yeah, he's he's tough. You know, Andre Kelly is annoying. Um cuz he's He's just a big dude. I, I hope we can neutralize him. Antisevich is a that's, guy. That's the that guy who scares hot. you. That's yeah. the guy who terrifies you. It didn't happen down there because every time he catches the ball, I swear to God, that guy never missed a three-point shot against us until the yeah. last game. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the guy who terrifies me. So, yeah. And he's I a mean, guy that he, he – he's he, – I mean, this is when you, you definitely know we're going to roll with like uh, – I, I well I don't know see I don't see us maybe rolling with the two bigs lineup as much again I mean you might have to with uh, with Bonton out but like because Antisovic is not an interior player no. in any way but he's gonna play the four and he's six eight and he's two thirty so he's big but he's gonna play the four and he's gonna stretch yeah. out your four you figure FA um, can neutralize him though if they do go man like like FA is a guy who can play even know, like, can guard somebody when, on when, the perimeter. How often lately have we played mostly man? Like not very often, like, man. Like I think we've been a zone team for. Oh, and I hate yeah, it. I hate it. I know zone is for cowards. I was looking back at our uh, our podcast versus everyone uh, Twitter feed. Our very first yeah. tweet was zone is for zone cowards. Is for... Yeah, uh, Kyle Smith, we I love know. you, buddy. We but love you, on. but we hate zone. Uh, I, I understand yeah. why you're doing the zone, but yeah. I still just it's it's so hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also 100% more frustrating when the other team scores when you're yes, in a zone. Yes, absolutely. Although I will say this, our zone does not uh, does not suffer from a lot of the things that plague a lot of zones. Um, yeah. It's not like we give up a, a ton of threes, and uh, it's not like we also give up a ton of offensive rebounds. So, I mean, that, that sort of makes it so that you can, you can kind of live, live with the zone a little bit. But, you know, I, I'm always one who uh, – you know, who, who advocates for man to man, just simply from an attitude standpoint, um, you know, you're getting after, it. I mean, like when I think of like Noah right now, like, like, honestly, he looks like he's having a bit of a crisis of confidence, to be honest. Um, yeah. he's had about, I don't know, four or five games in a row that have been, you know, not great. I mean, not terrible. I, I think there was one bad game in there. Um, the rest of them have been just kind of, eh, you know, but then, you know, against Washington, we needed him to be a lot better than eh. You know, and he just kind of wasn't there. And I don't know if it's related to all the technical fouls. Um, I you know, obviously I, had the I'm foul trouble in the one game, yeah. but but I don't know if there's a correlation there where he's just sort of like, 
you know, like everybody knows he plays with that edge, right? Like, like that's how he motivates. Yeah. You know, a lot of athletes do that. That's how they motivate themselves. Everybody else is a piece of shit and I'm going to go out there and prove them wrong and all these things. And it's great. But when, you know, now all of a sudden the stuff that, you know, really kind of was that chip, you can't, you can't ever act on because the refs are just waiting to tee you up. You know, I don't know if that's part of it or not, but but it wouldn't shock me if it was. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about that today because obviously I think about WC basketball way too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, Noah. I was thinking about Noah today, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Is like, you know, it seems like when he stopped getting technical fouls is when he started playing worse. It's just yeah. like he 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 they were like noah you, you can't do this you know you got to rein it in and so now he can't run up and down the floor and talk shit for for 40 minutes and since you dub and and he just hasn't played as well and yep. and we know he can play better yep um um i'm, I'm just gonna uh so what we gotta do against cal just they're gonna they're gonna give you open shots you gotta make the shots like you, you like especially given that you know, I I think we can do de- well defensively. I, I I think we can hold them down even without Bonton. But I think even without Bonton, I, there's going to be open shots. Yeah, you got they're three hundredth like, nationally in effective field goal percentage. And they're twelfth in Pac-12 play. They they don't give up a lot of threes. So look for I know I want to see Effa have a good game. I want to see. Uh, Deshaun have a good game. I want to see Noah get inside yep. for some buckets inside. Yep. Um, it, the, I I want to see even rap. You know, <laughs> we know he can attack the basket a little yeah. bit. Like, be creative. You know, uh, you're bigger than Cal's guards. You know, get inside. Take take some mid range jumpers. You know, you'll probably find some finds find something clean, a clean look down there. I that's it's just make fucking shots and you'll win. Like that's that's and don't give I, the ball I, away. Yeah, that's the big thing. <laughs> well, like, so I'm looking at our Ken Palm Well, Cal page. is not good. Like, they shouldn't no. be taking the ball away from you. And this is the thing. So, like, um, the our percentage, so the non-steal turnover percentage, I love this stat on Ken Palm, right? So yeah, not I all turnovers it. are created equal, right? So, like, some are, you know, steal turnovers are, are kind of the worst because those are the live ball versions those are the ones that typically result in breakouts, your fast breaks, things like that. So you, those are the ones you want to try and avoid. And, you know, we're not particularly good at avoiding those like our, our steel. So out of the, you know, 21 and a half percent of our possessions that end in turnovers about, you know, nine and a half percent of our total possessions end in steals. And that's not good. That's like 220th nationally. So that's bad. But then you look that's at our good. non-steal turnovers. <laughs> We are 300, 12% of our possessions end with us doing something just fucking dumb. Which like if that's, you watch this team, like you're not going to be, yes, we get a ton a of offensive, a lot. We get a ton of offensive fouls called yep. on us. Offensive fouls, um, passes that go out of bounds, traveling calls. That's all that dumb no, shit. Travel. We travel like, Oh God, it's all that dumb shit. So, so I will say yeah, 55% yeah, exactly. of our turnovers, 55% of our turnovers are just stupid shit. Just stupid stuff, you know, and Cal doesn't they don't take the ball away with steals at all. Um, They're like one of the worst teams in the country at stealing the ball. Um, Their non steal turnover percentage is pretty okay. Um, You know, they do, for whatever reason, kind of benefit from some of those, whether that's forced or not. But 
But man, if we could just like not give the ball away on this one, like, well, in any game really, but in this one, it sure would be, it sure would be super nice against a team that frankly does not do anything special to force you to give the ball away. Or force you to like even do anything. Right. All right. So just to circle back to get inside, Cal is 300, 311th at field goal percent, defending field goal percentage at the rim. Um, they give up 64.6% at the rim. Just one spot ahead of Cal State Fullerton. Um, so, uh, yeah, so get get inside. Don't give the ball away. Uh, dump it to Deshaun. Yep. Um, attack the rim, Noah. Uh, you know, let's let's get some easy buckets. Really, just don't lose to Cal, please. No, for fuck's sake, no. I mean, if, if we fucking lose to Cal and you dub – because Bonton rolled his ankle in the last minute of a game we already lost. It, it's just that's going to be like, yeah, I'm still not over the loss to Washington. Like I'm still like, I'm still. I've just been like so I was in like a pissed. I was just in like a haze all day trying not to think about it. Ugh. Still upset. So anyway, yeah, we should beat Cal anyway, but. You know, again, we've we've shown that we can sabotage our own chances. You know, the guards really need to step up. That that's the biggie, right? Like Noah, Ryan Rapp, especially um, those two guys need to step up. Noah needs to get that edge back somehow. Um, you know, maybe losing to Washington for the first time will will kind of do it. But you know, it's we got to get that fire back with him. Rapp's gotta Rapp's gotta be decent. And and frankly, TJ Bamba needs to not turn the ball over three times in like ten minutes. Like that's we yeah. right now we need him to play some and in and he, right now he but he's going to get pulled immediately he's so inconsistent he, right now yeah. he needs to not you know just basically take a giant dump on the floor <laughs> and like he needs to give us something that we can count on um okay you know okay okay and, okay, and okay. maybe okay. maybe maybe you know Kyle Smith will see what you saw which is maybe we just go one ball handler and get a bunch of other dudes out there to play defense i don't know and shoot Okay. We'll okay. We're way, 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 way over past. our goal here. Stanford, Stanford. Um, really good defense. I if Bonton's out, I see no way we're going to win that game. Um, they're just gonna lock us down yeah. defensively. Seems unlikely. You're not, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they're top ten adjusted offensive efficiency. I don't even have it up right now, but I'm pretty sure they're like eighth or something. Um, uh, Stanford. There we go. Uh, so oh no! 20, they dropped to twenty second. Twenty second oh. defensive efficiency. Yeah, they've they've well had, then, well well well. They've, they've um, been they've been a bit iffy lately, but they 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 made it tough for us inside last time. I do. It's it's it kind of baffles because they don't have like super tough guys inside that you think would, but they just have good interior defense anyway. Yep. Um, they just make it second. really, really tough to get to the rim. Like yeah. they've got a whole bunch of six, eight, six, nine dudes who, you know, are just very quick and, and they just, they cut off drives and they just make it really, really tough to get inside. And, and so the twos and you have, take are the shitty, hard to take twos. And we have yet to figure out how to stop Oscar De Silva. <laughs> God. Um, Thank God dude, he's a frankly, senior. Please let him leave. Frankly, no one has done with figured that, that out, but uh, I'm so done. Uh, with 
I think the best your best shot is what Utah did is get him in foul trouble. That's the only your only shot. So yep. d- dump it down to Deshaun. Let him work on Oscar and hope he just draws fouls. Like yeah, that's the only bad games that he has is if he gets in foul trouble and it takes yep. him out of rhythm because he's kind of a rhythm based player. But um, yeah, so uh, that game, I don't know. Go nuts from three, please. I don't know. Like, yeah, do that. They they give up a lot of three pointers. Uh, go nuts from three. Um, that's kind of how we uh, stayed in it the first time for a little while. Exactly. That's that's if if we win, go nuts from three. Get some offensive rebounds. They're not a, they're not a great defensive rebounding team. Um, so huck up some threes. Grab grab the rebounds. Uh, dish it back out for three because of you said Jeff. We're pretty bad at putbacks. <laughs> pretty bad. Oh my god. So, like, you made the point that we are one of the worst teams in the country at finishing at the rim. We are and the worst team the in the worst. country at finishing the at the rim. Great. Last. And for the longest time, for the longest time, we sort of blamed that on Bonton, right? Like, right. like for about the first half of the season, it was, well, that's because Bonton can't make a fucking layup. Like, that's that's why we're so bad in there. But it's like now, after watching, if- after watching this team, it's like... Wait, no, no. The reason why we're last is because our 6'10 guys get rebounds, offensive rebounds, and then they blow the putback repeatedly all the time. I swear to God, we haven't made a fucking putback all season. Oh, we're don't worry. We're second to last now. Suck it, St. Peter's. God. Su- what the hell is St. Peter's? I don't even... What is that? Isn't school? that in New York or I something? I don't know. But we are second to last in... So, yeah. Actually, I can... Jeff, if you want, I can... I, fuck it. We're already way over time. Uh, I'm going to... I'll... Let me... Just give me a second. We had I'll a plan the, to keep this under 30 minutes, dude. We're already an hour, dude. Whatever. Uh, whatever. People people know what they're in for here. That's Okay. True. So, our putback offense. Thank you, hoopmath.com. Put they have a putback stat? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so... Our putback field goal percentage is only 50.9%. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. Deshaun, what do you think Deshaun Jackson shoots on putback? Horrible. 33%. FA shoots 44% on putbacks. Also horrible. Vova, 50. DJ Rodman, 5 for 5 so far. Made every putback. Uh, But, yeah. Like, putback should be like a a 65 or 70% proposition. So, really. uh, FA... Well, not many guys shoot that high, I'll say. No, no, if someone well, shoots 70% on putbacks, they're one of the best players in the country at putbacks. But, okay, but, but like, but, but, yeah. but what is... I mean, what, it's usually a heavily defended, like, shot, but... Sure, but, but still, okay, so is, what is it? Like, what's an average team? 60%? I don't know. 55%? I, I honestly 58%? can tell you. I, I, I don't think... Let me see. All right, I, now I I'm going to look. He has a leader. You talk. He doesn't I'm have a leader. You he doesn't talk. have I'm a leaderboard for this. How are you going to figure that out? He has a he has like a like a leaderboard. He doesn't he have like a leaderboard. Thing. He did no. He doesn't have a leaderboard for um oh uh no. He doesn't have the he doesn't have a he doesn't tell you what the average is for the NCAA. Okay, well, hold on. I'm looking. I'm because sometimes I can find these things on here. Anyway, you what were you saying? Go go forward with what you were saying. I was yeah like so. Uh, FA has the most putbacks. 21 and he's only made 44 percent of them um and deshaun is the next he's only making 33 percent vova is only making half of them and he's like 100 feet tall like it's we just we're just not making shots on putbacks like it's it's funny like i you said that to me 
uh, yesterday and I was like, I got to look at this. And I looked at it and like, yep, um, the, our guys that shoot well on putbacks don't get very many of them. Yakimovsky, Rodman, they're the, but they're the guys that are coming in from kind of coming in from the wing and they're probably right. getting a more open shot. Like when they're, when they're, you know, taking it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, putbacks, ugh, like you, you got to do better. That's what I'm saying. Kick it out. Yeah, maybe Let's that's it. Three on that. Stop, stop trying to put it right back up and just kick it out. Just get it out of there. Find a shooter. Because those are those are high percentage three point shots. Like those yeah, are really good three know, point shots. Because the shooter's either, facing either, up. You, like well, yeah, square. either either the the guard is either crashing for the rebound or or trying to run releasing to, to for a fast break opportunity. So a lot of times, often the guards are open if they stay if they stay in. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. But yeah. So, uh, make some damn putbacks, guys. Like that'd be great. Uh, uh, a hole that'd in our offense. Great. Um. Yeah, Jeff. We gotta stop this. Yeah. An hour. <laughs> An hour. <laughs> we are the worst. Okay. Um. So we're gonna take a break, which we thought was gonna be thirty minutes ago, but we really knew it wasn't gonna be. Um. We had aspirations, though. We got got football shit to talk about, you know, always the good news in in February. That's you only get good news in football after signing day and before spring ball. Only the good stuff. Um, And then uh, we'll talk about women's hoops who had a shitty weekend, but still it's there for them. And then we'll we'll talk about uh, soccer and volleyball and all that. So stick around. We're back. All right. Uh, quickly on beer. Uh, what are you drinking, Jeff? So I had the uh, uh, one of the lovely beers that you gave me. The uh, all yes. the all Citra everything from Other Half. Double dry hopped, was, double IPA. Was, yeah. It's fantastic. There you go. Dude. Yeah, it's a good beer. Outstanding. They're kind of one of the kind of one of the kings of haze. Uh, one yeah. of the well known kind of kings of haze. Um, it, it's, so I almost drank a other half beer tonight cause I thought that you were going to drink the other half one, but I, I went a different direction. Um, I'm having a, a 15.7% <laughs> barrel aged stuff, um, from Westbound and down brewing. Um, it's just called bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout. It does not have a fancy name. It is just a bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout. I love it. Like so, so often these days, like the, you know, it's the stouts come with like all sorts of stuff in them, but it's nice just to have a classic, just the only adjunct, if you want to say it, is the bourbon barrel. And um, this is really well done. It's got a great body. Um, it's boozy, obviously. It's 16% almost. Like yeah. it's, it's boozy. You feel it in your nose, but it just still actually drinks surprisingly well for that. A lot of good dark chocolate, a lot of good barrel action on there you definitely taste the barrel really well done uh good job westbound and down out of colorado out of idaho springs colorado so um i got that off tavar um again i'm just gonna always say it like they're <laughs> like obviously they don't pay me to do this it's just because yeah. i can get i'll get money and you'll get money um so tavar is as a is a beer app where they um i get a lot of beers from all around the the country and that's where i got the other half beer that you have no actually i got that from a different thing but i but i do get other half beer i have some coming from tavar um so if you want uh 20 bucks 
towards your first order on Tavar. Um, you download it. Basically, they, they have like three or four beers a day, and you just choose, and then you can populate a box. You can actually keep pushing back the date and not have them send you the box for as long as you want. It's $15 flat rate shipping, which if you've ever tried to send beer, is a really good deal. Um, uh, so if you use the referral number 26712, you uh, You'll get twenty bucks, and I'll get twenty bucks, and that sounds great to me. That's anyway, a hell of a so, deal. Yeah, so I'm waiting for Jeff too. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, fucking football. Um, so obviously, off the the heels of Jaden uh, Dolores suspension for DUI last week, we find out that Aiden Hector, our star. Uh, walk on <laughs> safety. <laughs> walk on four star safety is has has also uh, been suspended. And then today we found out, uh, thanks to Theo Lawson, uh, is because he tried to tried to buy alcohol at Dismore's with a fake ID, um, and then uh, agreed to meet the officers at the residence inn. I I don't I I need I haven't read the full story. I. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I just I don't know like I know there's a lot of fake IDs in Poland people are buying beer but how can you not find someone to buy you beer man? well here's here's what I would say okay so number one uh this would suggest to me that there is perhaps and this is this is probably a good thing perhaps a culture on the the team of not you know, like buying a bunch yes. of alcohol for the younger. That would players. be great. That is like, good. cause yes. that would be, that would be the, the, you would think the easiest place to get it. Right. Like Aiden Hector goes, Hey, you know, Daniel Isom or whatever. Like, can you get me a rack of beer? You know, here's 20 bucks. You know, it's like, okay. Uh, that would seem, so he, you know, either a, you know, he felt like he, to get, to get his booze, like needed, to do this so if if that's the case that's that's probably a good thing like just in a roundabout way like the team's not the you know the upper guys on the team aren't running around just buying booze for the younger guys and that's probably a good thing overall okay the other way to look at it is okay uh not not to totally rehash how he got to washington state in the first place because everybody is is i'm sure familiar with that story at this point uh, you know, how a four-star kid who had a scholarship offer to pretty much any place he wanted to go ends up coming to Washington State as a walk-on instead of going to, you know, Stanford. And, okay, so at the very least, that entire situation made it look like this is a kid who maybe, maybe has some judgment issues, right? Like, you know, regardless of whether it was maybe necessarily nefarious, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, facts that seem to be in dispute about what exactly happened uh, that night when he was in high school, when, you know, a girl was claiming sexual assault, not against him, but against somebody else. And he was nearby and all of that stuff. Right. So when you looked at it, you went, okay, at the very, 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 very least, he's probably guilty of bad judgment, right? Uh, Put himself in a bad spot, maybe didn't do as much as he could have done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, alcohol was involved there as well. Right. So now here he is, you know, walk on at Washington State, you know, had a successful, you know, four game 
freshman season. Uh, you know, you assume if he's sticking around, he's on track to, to get a scholarship. Like you figure sort of all those things are there. And then what's he do? He goes out and tries to fucking buy alcohol with a fake ID at Dismore's. Like that is not the place. You don't go to a grocery store with a fake ID. You go to like the freaking Chevron and try yeah. to buy some beer at Chevron where the guy working at the counter looks at it and goes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> either I don't give a fuck or just looks at it and goes, bro. Okay, listen, I'm not going to sell this to you, but you got to get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, that's exactly. that's how he handles it, right? Dismore's, which is like a grocery store. and With some is, corporate overlord, man. They're, yeah, they're like, like man. they are going to try to... Like, they got that IGA sitting there. They've there, so got, they got something they got a, to lose if they are selling alcohol to miners, right? Unlike your Chevron... That's, you know, obviously, selling... obviously Chevron's still a corporation, but like, yes, but that's like a gas f- station. It's but it's like the it's, it's like the gas stations independently owned and operated. They're not, you know, they the guy working the night shift there doesn't give a shit. Like when I got my alcohol from uh, you no know, when I was know. a freshman, it yeah. was at a gas station like, you know, they're the one and they're selling beer for like, you know, five dollar markup and whatever. You just that's what you do. Right. So I don't know, man, this. You know, the high school thing, you know, obviously far more serious than this, um, just sort of all around. But, you know, kind of again, it was sort of like what I said about Delora. Like you start to wonder, you know, is there a pattern of bad judgment here? And it's it's kind of kind of kind of starting to maybe look like that. And that's the hard part. That's the frustrating part. That's the unfortunate part is. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got a talented quarterback who made a, you know, a massive error in judgment by driving drunk. Uh, thank God he didn't hurt anybody. So, you know, so he is able to, you know, redeem himself, hopefully, in the eyes of his teammates and, and his coaches. And then you've got this situation where, again, nobody's hurt. It's a victimless crime. And a lot of people are going to be able to just kind of go, well, you know, what's the big deal? And I get that. If people feel that way, I don't begrudge them that feeling. But also at the same time, like, OK, you know, this is a kid who was already uh, you know, already at, at Wazoo under sort of odd uh, circumstances. And, and this would seem to, you know, maybe be a continuation of, of a potentially troubling pattern. So, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's the you know, as you mentioned, news in February is never good. And so that was one. And then, you know, and then the other one, Jameer Calvin, right? Uh, yeah. So Jameer Calvin has entered the transfer portal. Um Obviously, one of WC's top wide receivers, their best athlete, well, other than Chavelle Harris, but their one best of the top out- recruits ever, right? But yeah, one of the best recruits ever. Um, you know, an athletic guy on the outside who can stretch the defense, which is exactly what you need in this offense, um, who, who has decided to transfer. And uh, kind of what, you know, got people interested is, you know, uh, I, th- these two things both dropped within five minutes on a Friday night. Like it, it was nuts. Like I think the women's team was playing, and they it was like five o'clock at night, six o'clock, something like that. Both these things drop, so you're just like, what is going? I think I sent I, I dropped both of them in Slack, and like no one responded. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Do you have lives or something? Like why is no one paying attention right now? And so this both drops. So Jameer transfers, and uh, uh, Willie Taylor then tweets out, but then later deletes. But sorry, Willie. It's the internet. Yep. Everything is forever. Uh, Willie forever. Taylor uh, tweets just, you see the trend. Um, 
at about the same time. So, you know, it's 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 pretty normal for there to be turnover with a new coach. Um, but it, it's it sucks when that turnover suddenly becomes, you know what? I mean, it sucks when that turnover suddenly becomes one of your best players. Right. You know, you're always hoping that the guys that leave are the not very talented malcontents, right? Like, like, like that's what you want is for those guys to go. And, and now you're, you know, you've yeah, lost the grow work. farms in their basement or whatever. Yeah. You know, or, you know, the Blair bombers of the world, you know I mean? Those kinds of guys, uh, not the Blair Bombers, the Malcontent. I don't know that. I'm just saying, like guys who maybe you know can't not play. very good football. Maybe players. they just can't play. Um, you know, it's it's uh, what you're kind of hoping for. So, you know, to lose Calvin is a is a major, 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 major bummer. And and sort of full disclosure, I have not read the Coog fan story where he um, because they put that behind the paywall uh, where he explained his decision. So I so I I am flying blind on this. I do not know why. Um, why he made the decision he did. Um, it does not seem like it's, it's made out of bitterness or, or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess that's good, but at the same time, and, and look, I mean, guys leave for all kinds of reasons. Uh, but you know, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've lost, we've lost a bit of talent, man. We've, you know, there've been lots of guys who have left and, um, you know, I, I think of most of the guys who have left, you kind of think, eh, you know, Maybe, you know, we, we, we're not me either. We're not sure what they can do, or maybe they're probably replaceable. You know, those guys, I mean, like, you know, the Gunner Cruz, you kind of go, okay, you know, uh, you know, when, you know, Willie Rogers leaves, you go, okay. Uh, you know, Lamont McDougal, we all had, you know, huge expectations for him, but, you know, he never really performed at those levels with us. So, you know, you kind of go, eh, okay. But when you start like adding it all up and then you add on top, you know, Jameer Calvin can play. Like that's, yeah. that's a different deal. Like we know he can play and we know he's going to be hard to replace. We know it's going to be very difficult to find another guy who can do what he can do on the outside. So, and I, I know mean, we had a, we had a walk on wide receiver playing at outside yep. last year. So we're already pretty thin yep. on outside receivers. And we, yeah. you know, I know we recruited for outside receivers. So, you know, there's that yeah. and. Uh, they're you know, still freshmen. Maybe there's a transfer coming that we don't know about that Jameer Calvin knows about or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, and maybe he was, you know, going to be moved back inside and didn't want to, you know, share reps with Renard Bell and Travell Harris. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Um, I just know that, you know, losing him is, is bad. <laughs> like it's just, there's, there's really no other way to put it. It's bad. And well, and so, yeah. And in, in this, in this offense, if you're not one of the top, Right. Four wide receivers, you're not we, getting many reps. It's they're not, not rotating. Yeah. It, it, before, if, you know, you had two of the best wide receivers in the Pac 12 rotating outside receiver in, uh, in Aesop Winston and, uh, what, what the fuck? Patman, Desmond <laughs> Patman, Patman, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 15, right. point, 15 points. Yeah. We know, we know about your beer. Alcohol. Yep, yep, just um, but yeah, you, you had two of the best receivers in the Pac-12 who were rotating the same position and still got tons of, you know, tons of targets each, um, you know, plenty of film, all that. Uh, yeah. But that's just not happening here. Like, guy, we, we saw, you know, uh, the the running back who starts plays the entire game. Like, like Jameer Calvin played almost every snap in those four games. And so did Bernard yeah. Bell, so did Travell Harris. And Calvin Jackson, whatever, if he was healthy and Lucas Bacon did when, when he wasn't healthy. Um, so we saw very little, like the other guys come in. Um, it's, it's just not the same as we're used to with the air raid. Like, so 
yeah, maybe it's something like that. But I, you know, it, it, obviously those of you with Kook fan subscriptions probably know more than we do, and we don't have it. And uh, sorry, um, no offense, Kook fan. We just, just you know, we're, we're just yeah, we're poor, you know. And maybe some of it was, you know, he he really for playing virtually every snap, um, he really didn't have a lot of targets. Um, yeah. You know, most most of the targets went to the inside guys, particularly Travell Harris, but but also Renard Bell. Um, so, you know, maybe that was part of it. I honestly have no idea. Like like we said, we didn't read the story, so I don't know. Um, and, and, and by the way, like not not that necessarily what he says in the story is is the whole story anyway. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, right. So no who fine. knows? Um, but, you know, hopefully there's enough talent left behind. Um, but it, you know, it, it does make it, it does make you a little uncomfortable when, you know, the other outside receiver was, was, you know, Lucas Bacon, uh, and not, not to besmirch, you know, the name of Lucas Bacon, but, um, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, he was, um, you know, not, not maybe what producing, producing what you would like to produce out of that position, I guess is the way I would put it. So, well, yeah, when you have, uh, uh, Calvin had 17 catches on one side and then bacon has five on the other right right you know, that. and you know and again most of the targets went to the inside so you know i mean best of luck to him i mean we we are well established on this podcast of being uh, ardent 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 player supporters uh you know it, it very ardent supporters of player agency and so if jameer calvin feels like he can do better somewhere else or, or something else fits better for him you know more power to him uh no bitterness whatsoever i i don't you know, no, no ill will. I hope that he's awesome. I hope he kills it. Um, I'm glad that he was a coog for as long as he was. Um, I'm just, I'm just bummed out that, uh, you know, selfishly I'm bummed out for the production that we're losing. And, um, you know, it would have been nice to see him, you know, really blossom into the guy. I think we all believe he can be cause, cause that never really happened. And, um, yeah, you know, through no, definitely. no fault of his own. Yeah. I mean, no fault of his own, but, but, uh, but it, it never really happened. So, uh, it would have been really great to, to see it happen. And, you know, I'll be, I'll definitely be rooting for him to, to do it somewhere else, but I don't know, man, a lot of talent is left under Rolovich. Um, you know, again, different circumstances for different things. Uh, but when you start adding up, you know, the Tay Martins of the world and, uh, you know, Lamont McDougal and, you know, Will Rogers and Jameer Calvin and Gunnar Cruz. And, uh, you know, there was an offensive lineman, McGinnis, uh, Dylan McGinnis, right. Or Hunter, yep. Hunter, Hunter McGinnis, uh, yeah. his brother's yeah. Dylan, who's still around apparently, yeah. but, but, you know, Hunter McGinnis, you know, a guy who, uh, came in as a blue shirt, uh, you know, was, was recruited by UCLA. They pulled his scholarship at the last minute. WCU landed him as a, as an unrecruited guy, but, you know, solid kind of mid to upper three-star kid, you know, you're kind of hoping he'd be, he would be a guy who could step in on the line at some point he transfers out, um, you know, it remains to be seen how big of a deal any of this is, uh, but it but it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great. So, yeah, I mean, at the very least, Jameer Calvin's a weapon, and oh, uh, yeah. it's going to be that's something that whoever plays quarterback next year is not going to have. So, yeah, and he could take the um, top off a of defense in a way that I'm not sure anybody else. Maybe Travell Harris. Um, I'm not sure anybody else on the roster can do, and that's. Yep kind of a bummer because it's a vertical offense so yeah okay let's uh uh man let's talk about uh more sad like annoying shit uh the women's hoops team um despite another huge huge weekend from charlie sledger walker just uh she is in such a groove i 
she has been so fun to watch. Um, but uh, other than that, like they, you know, I they drop Arizona on Friday. Like, I, I mean, they're playing a top ten team on the road. I know they beat them at home, but they, you know, they, basically their offense just failed them in the second half. They held Arizona to five points in the third quarter, but they only scored eleven. And then they just, and then Arizona came, you know, turned it back on in the fourth quarter and, and it was over and, and we, you know, we just couldn't score outside of Charlize and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that they, and then they come in Arizona state, um, you know, they have another, another tough one, you know, that's, I mean, it's a road game against like, not a bad team. Um, definitely a team you want to beat, but, uh. Uh, it's definitely a game that you can lose if you don't play well. Um, and, uh, you know, this, I think, uh, too many turnovers. Again, we talk about the men's team, too. It, it, uh, uh, you know, Crystal Ledger-Walker is not shooting the way that she was early in the season. So her turnovers become a little more pronounced. Like, she's not turning it over at a higher rate than she has at any point in the year. But when she's not hitting the threes and hitting the mid-range shots that she has been hitting – the rest of the season, like it becomes obvious. Um, Ula Matuga has been playing really well, but at the same time, like when you're, when your point guard who, who takes a lot of the shots and, and has the ball a lot, isn't, isn't scoring the way she has been, it, you know, it, it kind of becomes obvious. And I think Bella has been having a lot of foul trouble down low. Uh, and it's just, uh, they've had this, um, and, and I, uh, one thing that has to be said is Sherilyn Molina has missed these, last three games that they've lost and she only plays you know 15 to 20 minutes a game but they often play her in crunch time so she's obviously a very important player on the team and she brings like some you know a skill set that maybe uh they don't even have she's very good on ball defender and, and she's um you know she's been able to knock down threes and she drives to the basket which you know not a lot of our not a lot of our players do um so she's just kind of a unique skill set and I, and I think honestly you have her and I I would I wouldn't be surprised if one of these three at least they win you know yeah um they they may or may not need to win all of them <laughs> like we don't really I'd probably know. lean towards more I'd probably lean towards more that they need to be just because these three teams are teams that would yes. be bad losses if if you don't win it's yes. a bad loss yes it's the biggest thing always to keep in mind though for everybody is that like making it into the tournament is a moving target. And yes. and I know that we don't we don't have a lot of experience with this, but but I tend to see a lot of like this stuff flying around on Twitter where it's like, "Oh, well they they have to do this or they have to do that in order to have a chance. They have to do this to make it in." Like, "Oh, well now that they've lost Arizona State, they probably have to win these last 3 games in order to get in." And it's like, "No." No, they don't have to. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. We don't really know. That's the problem. Like, like we don't. It, it's because it's all yeah. it's it's all relative, right? Like, like making it to the tournament is is not a hey. If you get over this bar, you're in. It's a if you are one of the top, however many teams you get in, right? And so that's it's it's why every single year, and this is hilarious because like so our friend John Gassaway, who writes for uh, ESPN.com, and he's 
one of their ESPN plus insider guys. And we used to write with that, uh, basketball prospectus. Like he makes this joke every year about how every single year, every single year without fail, uh, national college basketball writers will say, this is the weakest. Is this the weakest bubble ever? This is the weakest bubble ever. And it's like, no, the bubble is just like, like weak, like, like it just is. Once you start getting teams down, teams that lose games, like they lose games. Yes. That's why once you bubble. start, once you start, they are on the bubble because they lose, they lose stupid ass games to teams. They shouldn't lose to, you know, if they weren't losing those games, they wouldn't be on the bubble, you know? So that's where, you know, that's kind of where Wazoo is. It's like, okay, so, and by the way, they are right now in Charlie cream's projection on ESPN, which is kind of like, the big one, it, 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 there's not quite the cottage industry around the women's bracket that there is around the men's. Um, but we were an 11 seed at some point on Sunday and then, or sorry, on Monday. And then at some point this morning, Tuesday morning, it switched and he upgraded us to a nine seed. I don't know why. And that could I have don't meant know like what happened team. on Monday. Yeah, another I mean, team it could, lost or something. You know, exactly. It could have been a couple teams lost. I mean, who knows? But we moved back up to a nine seed. We went from being one of the last four in on Monday in his projection to being solidly in on Tuesday, which and, and we didn't play a game, right? So it just all kind of goes to show you, like all of this stuff is yes. If WSU wants to have the strongest possible resume, they should win every game from now until the end of the season. Duh, right? But it's like, okay, so what's what's the threshold for making it in? Who knows? Can they afford to lose a game? Probably depends on what happens around them, to be honest. Well, so uh, I, say so. I, I, I don't know if the typical requirement that you have to have a winning record to get into postseason play. Like, Well, they got into the women's NIT uh, a couple of years ago with a losing record, so I don't even know if that's a requirement. But it might be for the NCAA tournament. It might be a requirement. So that I, I think at, at the bare minimum, we need to win two or three of these um, to have a winning record. I think it would look really nice to have a winning record in conference play, which would be yeah. having to win all three. Um, they're all three teams that they've already beaten on the road in Colorado, Utah, and Washington. Colorado's the best of the three. Utah should be a gimme. They should not lose that game. Utah is awful. UW is also pretty bad. Uh, but UW also just beat ASU. Uh, who WSU couldn't beat. So um, you, uh, these are three games that they should win. Um, I, 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 apparently, Sherilyn is out with um, some personal reasons, and I hope the best for her. I don't know yep. what's going on there. Um, and it doesn't seem like she's going to be back anytime soon. So uh, they're going to have to roll. They've obviously it's, they've been worse without her. I mean, she's their best player off the bench. Uh, and it's been rough when you given when you already have some players that play some heavy, heavy minutes, uh, the, the, the two ledger walkers play pretty much the entire game, every game. Um, and you know, you have other players that play in a ton too. Uh, it, and you just, you know, it's, it's always, when you lose someone in rotation, we saw with the men's team too, the, the player that you're bringing in is not as good. And so it's just that, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit less quality, uh, down the way. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, still, even without Sherilyn, these are teams they should beat. Um, hopefully, uh, Charlize can keep it going and hopefully, uh, Crystal, you know, can find her shot again. Um, there should be a tournament too, a, a PAC 12 tournament, which should, 
give them some opportunities to get some more wins, you know, get some more wins. So, uh, you know, where they finish in the standings helps too. You know, you can get a, a better matchup or something. So uh, that's something to, to, to look at as well. So, I mean, honestly, it's fun. Like it, it's, it's so WSU, the men's team or the women's team obviously has not had like a bubble team very often. And with that clay team was a bubble team. Yep. You know, the two Bennett teams were not bubble teams. They were definitely no. in. Um, we were just worried about getting like a top, top four seed and with those right. teams, you know, that was right. it. And, but like uh, the bubble team is an exciting thing. I, I mean, it turned out with like, with uh clay they i mean if they would have won like one more game they probably would have made it in yeah um if they would have won that washington game uh they, they probably would have made it in or that ucla game that they lost when clay was out but um but it it this we're coming down the wire um it's a a 30-year drought i just uh, man i i hope they can get all three of these and, and make it feel better and just kind of make it a make it a no-brainer because they deserve it. It's been a tough, tough schedule that they've had to play. They they didn't get some like gimme wins because they they missed Cal twice, and and so that you know it'd be nice to have be eleven and nine right now, just just from an aesthetic perspective. And and I and I and I gotta believe as much of these uh, uh, these uh, uh, you know these selection committee wants to be objective and looking at the the schedules. Uh, they must look at the records a little bit and be like, oh, well, they're only nine and nine. So that's not quite as impressive. So, um, but they played a very tough schedule to get to that nine and nine. And, and they've had, they have two very good wins um, and other impressive road wins as well. So I hope they can just get these three and kind of confirm that they're going to break that 30 year drought. And, and it should be fun to watch. I look forward to it. I, my sense. So, you know, I don't know about you, uh, because our teams are typically not in the NCAA tournament conversation, uh, I typically don't actually pay that much attention to what is like, like how the selection process is going. I know it's an, a, it's an obsession for, um, a lot of people. I just have always been like, yeah, you know, I, I just kind of like keep basically keep one eye on it. Um, so yeah, what I will say is this, it seems to me without a whole lot of like, you know, evidence to back it up. It seems to me that the committees tend to favor teams that have good wins more than they penalize teams with bad losses. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah, like so you'll see if yeah, you can you'll prove see like that you can beat and somebody. Teams this up, yes. Yeah. If you can prove that you can beat somebody um, and if you can do it more than once, the committee, it seems to me, and again, you know, this is all like, kind of you know anecdotal recollection but it seems to me that they favor hey if you've shown you can beat a team two or three times even if you have some bad losses if they're trying to wait to kind of compare two teams and this is where the mid-majors really get penalized right because they don't even have mm -hmm. the opportunity to pick up a good win like that so you take a team that's a you know a middling power five team that has beaten a couple of really good teams, even if they've also lost to some bad teams, um, you kind of go, well, they, they at least have that. You know they have that in them. The mid-major, you go, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, and so this is all to say, WSU with wins over Arizona and UCLA, um, you know, those are two feathers in their pocket that, that really nobody can take away. 
And, and I would have to think that, you know, when, when they start comparing resumes, um, if for some reason they don't win these last three and, you know, let's let's say maybe they lose two out of the three and they're trying to compare resumes with somebody else. Um, you know, th- there aren't very many teams, I think, that are going to be able to have uh, on the bubble anyway, that are going to be able to have wins as good as Arizona because Arizona right now and their this latest projection, Arizona is a, uh, a three seed. And I think a three seed and then UCLA is yeah, so a, two, Ar- a two seed. So UCLA is number eight in that and Arizona is number 11 yeah. and uh, WSU is number 38, which uh, is typically, you know, RPI Should history, be safely. history, safely. And yeah, so Should it, it does make be. you yeah. a, a kind of bubble team depending on uh, where you're at with wins, but they got those wins. So yep. hopefully it's And enough. depending on bid um, stealers too. That's always the thing you can't account for is the bid yes. stealers. Yes. So, you know, those those at large bids can can sort of start to shrink. So the more on... conference tournaments that are canceled, the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That That's absolutely true. I mean, you laugh, yeah. but, but it's true. You know, it's the more of those auto bids that go straight to the first place team, you know, the better. So. Yep. OK, so uh, I also say if they end up at 10 or 11 over a nine, uh, that's fine with me. Yeah. Um, that's actually almost a better maybe, spot. Maybe win, maybe win out, you know, win the next three, win one or two at the Pac-12 tournament, get yourself a seven seed. Just get out of that, you know, because you look at the top four teams. We talk yeah. about this. I there. I mean, Stanford, UConn, no South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, Baylor are a notch above yeah. everyone else. Like it's, I mean, that's yeah, pretty and, much automatic annihilation in the second round, yeah. more or less. What you'd really like to be is is out. Like, ideally, you want to be all the way outside of that seven to ten range. Like, either although, either like, be, an, be an eleven or be a six, but don't be in that seven to ten range. Truthfully, with this squad, with with uh, Charlize being a freshman, and uh, I mean, I, I I don't know. I I'm just gonna assume that Crystal's gonna come back next year too. Um, that uh getting uh, as this kind of first year this turnaround year or uh, not necessarily a, a turnaround year but i mean it is uh that just getting any uh if they got a win in the tournament would be amazing so get there yep. whatever yep. seat it is and win that game it'll be just euphoric but um okay so we're already at hour 33 we got <laughs> I, I had a, i had a listener question we need to answer too uh, so okay. let's quickly run through. Uh, so volleyball, huge weekend. Uh, yeah, just that was swept awesome. away. Color took care of Colorado really with pr- relative ease. Um, Colorado, I, I will say too. Yeah, the the Friday match or Thursday. It was Thursday Saturday. Yeah, the th- Thursday match um, was a little uh, hairy for a moment. Uh, WSU quickly went up two zero. Colorado won the. Th- third set and then had a huge lead late i think they were up 23 19 22 19 in the fourth set so you're like oh shit they're gonna force a force a fifth and of course the fifth is only to 15 anyone can win that um as we saw uh, cal beat stanford and cal hasn't been stanford for 10 years they forced that fifth set they don't they got in a nice round the fifth set whatever um so you're just like don't avoid when you're the better team just don't you, you don't want to get that fifth set um, but, uh, but, you know, WSU was able to come back, close that one down, and then they just annihilated them three sets on Saturday. Um, Colorado, yeah, like you said, they were undefeated coming in. They hadn't played very good teams, but whatever. 
you know, knock them off yeah. their perch. And now WSU is tied for second with a bunch of teams. They're right there, right there to make another tournament. It's great. Yeah. Top 25 team. Uh, 19, uh, two, what are they? 19, 18, I think they're up to 17 now. now. I think they're yeah. up to 17. So, yeah, kicking ass. They are fun to watch. Uh, you know, most of their broadcasts are on, on the Internet. Pretty easy to find. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Yeah, just and, like we said, follow their Twitter. They always have the links to where to find them. Yeah, they're 17th. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, and we and will we will give 17. them, We you know, honestly, like like let's be honest. They deserve more attention than what we give them. <laughs> on this podcast we just don't know uh, that much about volleyball yeah you know honestly. and we we don't know that much and you know honestly it's just there's so damn much going on right now we're not used to this so uh, yeah there's too many sports good news for them is their their season will extend past the basketball season so uh excited to pay maybe a little even more attention to them after basketball ends here in a few weeks so i will say i do make a point to watch all their matches now at this yeah. point they're too i fun. try hard um yeah um and then uh, soccer team, again, we couldn't watch it. Uh, it was a mystery. Oh. All we got was pictures and some highlights. But they they got down early against Eastern on a penalty and then just a, this dominated from then on out uh, to win 4-1 over Eastern. Um, I don't know if you saw the highlights of, uh, of Elise's uh, goal, but I don't think she meant it. But it's uh, Elise Bennett's uh, goal. Uh, looked like she may have been trying to cross the ball, but it knocks off the crossbar and in, which is you know when things are going well when that happens. So yeah, yeah, they're they're really good, and I'm I'm they super, have attacking players. Yeah, I'm super bummed out that like most of their games are not going to be able to be watched because they're playing in the bubble, they're playing in the big ass because of and the weather. So, yeah, because of the weather and you know whatever. It's a little bit of snow. Come on. But you can't and you can't really there's no place to put the camera. That's the yeah, like that's like the it, issue, right? Yeah. Like like the bubble is just a you know, it's 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 a it's a I don't know, what do you, what would you call it? Like a con like am I even use the word the word right? Concave roof where it's like there's really yeah. no way to like go up and take it. I mean, I assume that the football team when they're in there they have like a scissor lift or something that you know they use for for, for videoing. Stuff, yeah. yeah, but but I would also guess they're probably not using the entire field when they do that, which you know, yeah, that's probably they're just the doing yeah, like 30 yards. Yes. So it's probably part of the issue for soccer. And the so camera's anyway, not moving. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bummed out that we're not, not going to get to watch, uh, not going to get to watch very many games with them. Maybe, maybe they'll so, um, play some of their games outside and we'll get to see some of them. Maybe later in the season, yeah. later in the season. I don't but know. we, as we know, winter can go till May in Pullman. So, yeah it's true every year i was in school we had snow after my birthday and my birthday is on march 13th so and not not like flurries but like you know substantial snow hey there there everyone has a story of uh weather i i everyone like i've I've heard of snow in finals week so um but yeah uh so hopefully they you know we get when they're on when they're on the road hopefully we'll, we'll get to watch them play um, but the nice thing about the, the thing you're, we, you lose Morgan Weaver, you lose Trinity Rodman, you, you get a little bit worried about the attacking play, but they, they seem to have, you know, Alyssa Gray and, and Elise Bennett and, and, and some, you know, some others they have some young, good attacking players. So hopefully we, it seems we still have some of that speed, you know, obviously Morgan Weaver, Weaver and, and Trinity Rodman are very fast, you know, Trinity Rodman is going to be like that 
that that replacement for Weaver as that like burner forward that can just you know torch teams. But I think there's still just a lot of attacking talent on this team. They have a very good midfield. I I I I you know they're ranked. They they've they've looked the part in their first two matches. Um, I think we're gonna kind of see them still be good, and that's fun because yeah. we are a soccer yeah. school. So yes, we are, um, and we know people are. Faithful listeners know how much you and I love our soccer. So, yes, and which just bums me out that we can't watch the matches. Which I know. God, we have so one match really, during really the wish Super I Bowl. Could see. One yeah. match is during the Super Bowl, and then one match that's 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 not even on TV. I so one we had one question. Um, I forwarded it to you, Jeff. I I don't know if you had a, t- a chance to think about it or even see it. Um, uh, from uh, Jeff White, who I know it's a, he's a. Long time listener. Right. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say your full name, dude. Uh, bleep that. Uh, um, uh, from <laughs> Jeff. Uh, Jeff with a G, not with a J. Um, he says, uh, "Dudes, uh, I love uh, call us dudes. I love it. Uh, I love Ken Palm, but I don't know all the weeds and deets. Uh, yeah, it's pretty tough. We've been we've been digging in it for uh, over a decade, so that helps. But when taking a broad view of the rankings, what number range?" Does a team need to be in to have a realistic shot in at-large bid? I know it's not really the case this year, but it's fun to have a competent team with a bright future. Um, so uh, the first thing I will say is uh, Ken Palm rankings don't necessarily have anything to do with the the, yeah. uh, the tournament. The, the committee says they use it, but I, I honestly don't think they do that much. Uh, but I will say when it was RPI – the difference between Kempom and what the committee was doing was like massive. Yes. But when, when, but now they actually use an adjusted offensive efficiency is a significant portion offensive and defensive efficiency. And and the efficiency margin is a a significant portion of their net tool, which has replaced RPI. So they are a little closer and I think we'll probably see, uh, we'll probably start seeing Ken Palm look a lot more similar to those. But the one key difference is that net awards teams for wins. Well, Ken Palm does not give a fuck if you won the game. It only cares about your efficiency margin. So yes, it does matter if you won the game, but it only matters if how much you won the game by against a team, like a, a certain team. So like it, it just, it doesn't matter. Like if you beat, uh, it, it matters. So for Kempom, it's going to matter a lot more. Like it'll matter the, like only marginally different if you lose to the number one team by one point or you beat the number one team by one point. That's only yep. going to be marginally different in the, in the, but in, in the net rankings, it's going to be huge. And in in the committee, the way they select you is going to be huge. Like right. you could be the number two team on Kempom. If you play like Gonzaga's number one team right now, if you played Gonzaga 30 times and lost to them by one point every time, you would be the number two team on Kempom. You'd be 0-30, and, and you'd be the number two team on Kempom because you would be pretty much as good as the number one team. Like, right. but And that's just an extreme example. But that's, uh, but all that being said, and I'll let you, Jeff, say kind of where you got to be to feel good about it. So, yeah, which that's always the hard thing, right? Because Ken Palm is trying to measure – the true quality of a team for predictive purposes. Right. So like yes. when, when they're trying to, you know, when you look at a Ken Palm ranking, it's like, it's okay. So the true, tool. Yes. 
like and it used to actually be a, <laughs> used to be a gambling cheat code and it's not so much anymore yeah. the the, the Vegas pretty much does the same thing now yeah. but okay so th- so there's that piece and then then you have to understand that the excuse me that the um the tournament committee is the resume is a different thing right resumes are not true quality resumes are based on wins right so it's a it's kind of a combination of wins and quality right which is where um things like in fact this was an article i posted today maybe i'll tweet it out um but wins above bubble right tries to sort of capture both how good you are and also how many wins you get um net tries to sort of capture that a little bit by incorporating a win element also to the efficiency margin element so so to that's all a roundabout way to say looking at your ranking on ken palm is 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 sort of dicey and and i'll even like expand on it just a tiny bit to say in the last couple of years there have been some pretty wild outliers in terms of teams that were ranked fairly low on ken palm that still got into the tournament as an at-large bid. So, for example, um, as I'm looking at uh, not last season, because obviously there was no tournament last season, uh, but two years ago, uh, Temple. When RPI was still in use, yeah. Yes. RPI was still in use two years ago. Yeah. Mm, I think two years ago was the first year of net. I'm not No, I think net was the first that. year net was going to be used for, for, wasn't it, last year? Yeah, I think it was the year before that. I think it was year before that. But anyway, okay, so as we go down, uh, you know, looking kind of at, uh, you know, the rankings of some of the teams that got in. Uh, so here's one example from, from 2019. Uh, St. John's got in with a record of 21 and 13. Uh, they went out in the second round of the Big East tournament. Or sorry, 21 and 12 was what, what they were. Oh, yeah, you're they right. It in. was 2019. You're right. It was That was the year. Okay. Yeah. So St. John's, 21 and 12, went out in the second round of the Big East tournament, ranked 88th, 88, 88th in Ken Palm, got in as an at-large team. So, okay, right? Like that's like that's a pretty crazy at-large. But there were others that year too where it was like, okay, so uh, scrolling back up a little bit, Temple ranked 69th, got in as an at-large team. Seton Hall ranked 60th, got in as an at-large Arizona State fifty seventh got so in say, at large. Uh, yeah, St. Yeah. John's was eighty first, and they got their butts kicked by Arizona State, and but still eighty first. Yeah, so eighty first before they got in. Yeah, so that's a good yeah. point. Um, the year before that, uh, you know, again as we're kind of looking, uh, you know, maybe not quite as extreme, but Providence at sixty third got in as an at large team. Um, St. Bonaventure at 68th. I'm pretty sure they were not the auto bid that year from the A10. So 68th, they got in. Um, okay. So those are outliers where you typically want to be in order to say, okay, like, like we are legitimately in the, wait, were those all just eight, a 10 teams that you just said? Uh, no, there was, was a big three? East. Were... There was a big East in oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Sometimes so, the big East and a 10, like conflate to me a couple of brain, big Easts. But... Yeah. So anyway, so so kind of the issue was, all right, so where so the if if the question is where do you need to be in order to be like a legit bubble team uh to have a legit like claim to one of those last handful of bids. Uh it's like like 40 to 50 is kind of where you want to be. Like if you are in that range 40 to 50 in Ken Palm, you're probably going to be 
like in the serious conversation for a bubble. Um, you've probably racked up enough good wins, decent wins to be on the bubble. Um, it's certainly not a guarantee. Like, for example, uh, two years ago, 2019, as I'm just kind of scrolling up here, uh, teams ranked between 40 and 50 who did not get in the tournament include Nebraska, Lipscomb, Penn State, and NC State. Uh, Penn State didn't even get in the NIT at 14 and 18, but they were 43rd because the Big Ten was so insane. TCU was 40th. They didn't get in. Uh, Clemson was 36th. They didn't get in. Texas was 25th. They didn't get in at 21 and 16. So, so nothing's really a guarantee when it comes to Ken Palm, but if you want to seriously well, be in the conversation, yeah, if you talk- 40 to 50 is kind of your low end. And this, barring, this is where we talked about the women. Weird. Where we talked about with the women is like wins matter. Like yeah. that's why you see the Big East teams that can get in with a low ranking. Is the Big East has so many good teams. You're gonna well, play it's, like it's just so many. You're teams. gonna have you're gonna have so many chances to beat a good team. Like so, if you just hit one or two of those, you have those marquee wins, and then you get it. And we saw like like when the Pac-10 was going good. Like Pac-10, not 12. When the Pac-10 was going good, and like seven teams would make it in, like you'd see teams that weren't that were like nine and nine in conference play and make the tournament and have like a pretty decent seed, like a nine or ten seed. And it's because like they they just had these opportunities, so many opportunities to get big games. Like one, I wanted to highlight this. WSU actually has a pretty good example of this. Like the uh, uh, Bennett's last year, the Taylor Rochester Baines team, 0809. Uh, they finished the season 49th. They were actually when selection time because they dropped a bit because they lost to St. Mary's at the end of the year. And this is before uh, Ken started putting the previous ranking of the game on, on there. So he doesn't have that. But if I remember right, they were around 40 uh, before that game because uh, they dropped quite a bit because they got you know whooped by St. Mary's, who was not a super highly rated team. Um, but uh, but so WSU uh was like around 40 so they're right in that spot where you think oh they're in at large bid but they were only 17 and 15 like they didn't they had some good wins they beat ucla and they beat arizona state like they had some good wins at the by the end of the year but they just didn't have like a a great looking record they didn't have enough good wins and so that's where you know maybe the quality of your team is different than the resume of your team and so yeah. that year, WSU had a pretty quality team, actually not a not like, you know, not like definitely in the range of a team that could have potentially uh, made the tournament, but they just didn't have enough wins um, to get into the tournament. So, uh, you know, they could probably could have beaten a lot of the teams that were in the tournament, uh, yep. you know, that, that got at large bids. Except um, for St. Mary's. But, couldn't have beat same yeah but as you see like temple got an at-large bid and they're just one spot behind them in the, in the final campfire rankings that yeah. year so um so yeah it's you know it's it's hard to say if you're top 30 uh, that texas from a few years ago is an outlier but like if you're top 30 generally you're good enough to get in um but if you're top 30 you're probably gonna win like especially in the pack 10 these days pack 12 these days if you're top 30, you're probably going to win most of your games. So yeah. you're going to get enough wins to get in. And, and yep. uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, again, like Kempom is not, is a tool that they use, they say, 
but yeah, I, I, I question how seriously. They I, I, they I don't. I think they lo- they will look at net ninety nine percent and Ken Palm one percent because yeah. you know because I mean, honestly I don't disagree with that. Yeah, like I, I, there, like there, there has to be a winning aspect to yes. qualify for the postseason. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, like ultimately, I that, wins are what matters. So, I, I like I that. use that extreme example. If you play the number one team thirty times, you lose all thirty. Do you? I mean, sorry, you, you don't get a go. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's just it's it, you, you got to win some games. Um, yeah, yeah. and we can't we can't just like if you just made it totally about an adjusted efficiency metric, you would even further, uh, even further put the mid majors at a disadvantage. Cause then, then the big teams would never play a mid major. They would only play each other. Like they would, they would only play each other. You'd have to be a mid major. The only mid majors that would qualify would be actually, I don't know. Now I'm saying it. There may be some teams that would have, uh, I'm thinking like Denver from a few years ago yeah. and, and Belmont who might've made it in because they just beat the shit out of their other teams. I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm talking myself out of it, well, but it's just, I, I, I do think they would never like a big team. If it was only based on your adjusted efficiency, like a big team would probably never play a little team just in case like you, your, your, your team didn't take it seriously enough. And you like only beat that little team by five points and, and and it looks bad on your uh, adjusted efficiency but yeah i i would so i would say if you're like if you really 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 are like wanting to get into the weeds of a stat that actually is somewhat predictive of where a team needs to be in order to get into the tournament um that wins above bubble stat is is really kind of the best one um and it's way to it's <laughs> It's not super complicated, but but I don't really want to go into the weeds of it here on the show. Um, and I'll go ahead and like throw the link into the show, uh, the article. So when I when I put the post on Coog Center, I'll put the I'll put a link to an article in there that sort of explains wins above bubble and why it's a why it's a good metric to use if, if you're if you're really trying to like accomplish what I think the question is asking, which is okay. So if I'm trying to figure out what is the point at which we're sort of like near the bubble. Um, wins above bubble is a really good way to, to look at that. And basically it just measures like basically how are you doing compared to what a bubble team would do and what a hypothetical bubble team would do. And so, um, right now, uh, Washington state. So the, the easiest to access one is on barttorvik.com. Uh, right now we are, sorry, just sec. I can tell you, hold on. Uh, this is great radio. Sorry, we are 133rd in wins above bubble. And this is really one where you want to be like in the top, like 45 to 50, because uh, that's where that's where theoretically the bubble is. Right. Because that's about how many at large bids there are once you take out the auto bids. Um, so we are we are quite a ways off that pace, um, although I will say we were like right about like negative uh, two on wins above bubble before Monday night which would have put us right about a hundred and we dropped like 30 spots by losing to Washington. So that was a bad loss. If you, if you're an NCAA tournament team and that's kind of what wins above bubble is trying to capture good wins, bad losses. Um, That's a bad loss. If you're, if you're thinking of, if you're fancying yourself an NCAA tournament team, losing to Washington is bad, bad, bad. So, yeah. So that that's what I would look at if I were you is that that wins above bubble metric. That's a pretty decent predictor of, of you know, basically it's a combination of team quality and resume. So, 
So that's uh, where Jeff found it is Bart, B-A-R-T, Torvik, T-O-R-V-I-K.com. Um, it's kind of like a Ken Palmish type thing. Like if you did, like, uh, <laughs> Except way I, I, more I, loaded I, down and way more confusing. Yeah, um, I, I will encourage you to read all of his like kind of FAQs and just to and his, his like explainers to like he basically says like why I'm different than Kepov and stuff and it's very interesting. He's very interesting to look at. He definitely his, his like he's definitely he does things similarly to Kempom, but and then different in some very specific and important ways. So, um, yeah. So take a. Uh, take a look at that. I'd love to get Bart on sometime. Oh, like, we should I, do that. Um, we we actually should get him on. Uh, that He's, would be fun. I don't know if you listened to his interview with Jordan Sperber, uh, the yeah, guy did, who does yeah. Hoop Vision, but that was that was a fun as hell interview to listen to. Like the thing I love about Bart, and I know this is like a total tangent, uh, but he does not take himself too seriously. So if you listen to our interview with with Ken Pomeroy, um, Ken takes his website very seriously. Ken is. Uh, a pretty serious, I mean, he has a good sense of humor, but he's a pretty serious guy too. He does, yeah. And it's like, so in his website is a, you know, I mean, it's his livelihood, right? Like, like yeah. this is his, this is moneymaker. And, and so, you know, he's very sort of meticulous about his site and what, what he puts on the site. And I, one of the big things from our interview was he talked about how like, Hey, I don't, I don't add anything to the site unless I'm really convinced it's going to add something. And also usually I'll try to take something away. So it doesn't get too cluttered, doesn't get, you know, there's not too much. And basically I want to make sure like everything I put in there really adds value. Uh, Bart is, so number one, his site is free, unlike Ken Palm's site. So Ken Palm's site is, you know, 20 bucks a year, which is an amazing value. We, we, we say that all the time. Bart's site is completely free. So Bart's site is maybe a little less attractive and also has like, like literally anything that went through Bart's head. As, well, also kind of looks similar. It looks similar. It's got the green and the red. And, you know, I mean, there, it's, and, you know, a lot of the tempo free stats are the same. But it's like literally anything else that went through Bart's head at some point as I wonder what this would look like or this might be interesting or literally anything like that ends up on the site. And like you can like play around with it and mess around with it. But the best part is that he's like basically he has like a giant disclaimer at his site like, hey, use any of this stuff at your own risk <laughs> like 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 a lot of this stuff has not been rigorously means tested like we're just sort of like i'm throwing out ideas and you can decide how much value it has you know go for it um so i, I kind of love that because he doesn't take it too seriously um and it's full of just sort of crazy wonky you know weird stats and graphs and all kinds of crazy stuff which is part of why i don't use it that much because it's sort of like it's kind of hard to navigate but but yeah, you go to their main page, you sort it by wins above bubble. You'll, you'll kind of see what we're talking about on that. I, I do like one, one graph. I think if you go to like the team page for WSU, the game scores are very interesting. It's like fun to look at like the games that are good, the games that are bad. It yep. kinda, you know, it kind of sees why you rise and you fall in these metrics and stuff. He, he does adjusted efficiency for in-conference play, which, uh, which um, um, Campom doesn't do. Yep. He definitely like like just like for example, uh, his um, in his ratings, WSU is rated 52nd in adjusted defensive efficiency, and Campom's I think were 43rd. So it so there are some differences. Like they don't use so actually he uses he uses a Pythag he uses a Pythagorean a Pythag, um, Pythagorean uh, uh, ranking tool which uh, Campom used to use and, and now uses adjusted uh, efficiency uh, 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 difference 
Um, so his um, are kind of a window into what the Kempom rankings would have been like 10 years ago. I think, uh, so he, I think that Ken's adjusted efficiency margin that he uses is just sort of like a translation of the Pythagorean stuff. But I'm not positive about that. I remember when he went to it a couple of years ago, I read, or two, three years ago when he went to that. I remember reading about it. I, I thought it was just sort of like, hey, this is pretty much the same thing, but it's easier to understand in this way. So I'm not really sure. I, I just I think that Torvik calculates his just a little bit differently. And obviously, like like Ken Pomeroy's is like, I mean, it's proprietary, right? Like, you know, he's got his own little calculation and you know, Torvik's got his and so, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's all like approximations and little adjustments and, you know, whatever. So um, but, you know, Torvik does some cool things like you can uh, you can do an adjustment for like your effective field goal percentage. Right. So like where on Ken Pomeroy, your uh, adjustment really is just your efficiency and everything else is just sort of like raw rate stats. Um, mm -hmm. you can actually do an adjustment here, like to see like, okay, so given your opponents, what's your effective field goal percentage actually? Well, it's, you know, when you click the little adjust button, it's the effective field goal percentage defense, uh, drops from 30 to 35, right? Like, cause some of that is built on, uh, you know, not very good shooting teams that, you know, they played early in the year, you know, that sort of thing. So um the adjustments and then you look at you know turnover percentage drops to 308th i mean whatever so anyway it's it's kind of interesting you know and again it's it's always one of those things where you're never really sure like um you know exactly how valid the stats are right we talk about you know validity but uh, but it is always sort of interesting to kind of look at and and uh you know play around with it's definitely it's definitely the kind of site you go and you play around a little bit and just kind of figure out like you know, like, hey, what if, what if this? And he has a lot of stuff that's like, you know, what if, what if life was like this, or what if this guy played, or what if this guy didn't play, or, you know, what? You oh, know, so, for example, I tweeted out a graph or um, uh, a few like early in the season when uh, WC's offense was like really and like Bonton's efficiency was really low and w, and Raps was like low, and like someone had tweeted out. Um, a graph of like every player since like two thousand, like however far um, uh, Bart's uh, numbers go back, uh, and you could see it was like it was like fifteen or twenty years, and you could see Ryan Rapp and Isaac Bonton very clearly from this season on that graph, like there was because you can you can um, you can. Bart has this cool thing where you can like have all the team logos for everything. So it looks pretty cool. Um, like his site is super fun. Like yeah. I highly recommend it. If you um, have time to play around with it, it's, it's definitely fun yeah. to, to um, mess around but, with. But yeah, like it was so like WCU had these like historically weird and bad offensive players going. Both of them have, are, are much more normal at this point. But like, um, but yeah, so it's, you know, Bart's, Sites fun. I don't know how we got talking about Bart. I, I can see you were talking about wins above bubble. Yeah. Um. We definitely gotta get Bart on maybe in the summer. Like it'd be super fun. Or maybe he'll fun. come on before you know tournament time. I don't know. That's probably when people. He's probably yeah. About. He's probably in high demand yeah. there. Yeah, but he's a uh, he's fun. I Bartorik dot com. Uh, it's uh, you know if 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 twenty dollars for Kempom is just too much for you, you could get some value out of Bart yep. Torvik as well. Yep. So, um, but I highly recommend just paying Ken the 20 bucks too. Um, 
because uh, his site's a little more uh, simpler to digest. And, uh, I mean, Bart has a section called Funalytics. Like it's <laughs> it's really I'm, I'm I kid you not when I say like Bart's site is des- is designed around like really just having fun and playing around with silly things. And some of it is kind of semi-serious, like, like Ken's is, you know, serious analysis. Uh, Bart's site is like kind of serious, but also like, you know, how, how could we play around with some of these numbers and make them interesting? Um, so yeah, it's fun. I like it. I don't go there probably as much as I should, but yeah. Well, Jeff, it is almost midnight. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> We, All this right, is so our log. Question... I can officially say episode one thirteen is our. Oh yeah, hopefully we didn't. Oh help my you god, in we're over two whatsoever. hours. I know we didn't. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're over two hours. This is our longest episode ever. <laughs> well, hopefully the guy, what was it, Jeff? Right, Jeff, who asked the question. Uh, hopefully, it answered yeah. the question about what what you were looking for there. If he made it this far, um, so yeah, I guess uh, we'll find out. If you made it this far, and if you have not God rated us you. five stars, like what is wrong with you? Go to your app and rate us five stars, and leave us a review and say you listened to the two-hour episode. That's how much you Hell love this yeah. show. So you made it to the end until Craig's yelling at you to do five stars. Write all that in the review. I mean, if you have any more questions, like Jeff, and want to make us like talk an extra half an hour, yeah. Uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail.com podcast versus everyone at gmail.com um at the craig powers on twitter is me at pod vs everyone pod versus everyone um is jeff on twitter and uh go kooks go kooks craig black lives matter black lives matter